Hey, welcome to the Maybe You're Like Me podcast with me, Mike Burns. Listen, I know we're all more alike than we care to think. We've all got dreams, we've all got hopes, but sometimes we can feel a little alone trying to navigate in this crazy world we live in. So this podcast is all about you and it's all about me and how maybe we're a little more alike than we care to think. Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. On today's episode, we are talking to Sean Dietrich, or you might know him as Sean of the South. Sean is an amazing writer. He's written like 14 books, and he's just a really down-to-earth good guy. You're going to love this conversation with Sean Dietrich. Sean, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. It is so good to meet you. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm pleased to be here. Uh, this is so much fun. Now, uh, here on the podcast, uh, we're just trying to find ways we're more alike. And uh, this is the first time that I've actually talked to somebody that like I just based on uh, dialect and uh, the way that we're talking, I think we're a little bit alike and a little bit different. So uh, while we're both <laughs> in the southern part of the United States, uh, we both uh, we've got a little you got a little bit more of a country twang than I do. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know how that happened. It just, it just, it happened naturally. (laughs) Well, Sean, uh, so uh, there's people out there that maybe are bumping into you for the first time here on the podcast. Uh, For those people that don't know you or maybe not have heard of of you before, uh, give us the rundown. Who is Sean uh, Dietrich? He is, that was perfect. He is (laughs) a, uh, he is a guy who was born naked at a very young age. Okay. okay. And who's never really known what he was going to be or, or how he was going to be it. And, uh, somewhere in his life, right around his late twenties, he went back to school because he, he dropped out when he was a kid. Uh, actually I dropped out when I was 12 years old, went back yeah. to school when I was in my late twenties, early thirties and finished community college. And after that decided that, uh, perhaps he'd give writing a shot. Because he'd always yep. loved to read, always loved to write, and now here he is before you. <laughs> Close. That's awesome. And uh, from what I'm picking up, a little bit of a musician as well. Yeah, I uh, always played music. Always played music in in church and in places your mother didn't want you to be. So, <laughs> uh, so got a very very good dose of both worlds. <laughs> and. Um, and you are also, you've been from all around the South, but you uh, started out in uh, Jacksonville. Is that right? I was born in Missouri, actually. Okay. And then we moved when I was a kid to the Panhandle of Florida, and that's okay. been home. We were only 40 miles from the Alabama line. So we were okay. that part of Florida that is really more L.A., lower Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you pick up the moniker Sean of the South? Well, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of my wife and I's actually, uh, we're having breakfast one day and I told her that I was, you know, I was writing and doing all this stuff. And she said, you know, you got to have a good name. I said, oh, well, what, what do you suggest? She's like, I don't know, something that, that talks about your Southern roots and all that. So we toyed with names, maybe Sean with the wind or... Uh, <laughs> And so she came up with the the name Shaun of the South, like the song, uh, like the old Disney movie, Song of the South. Yeah. Where they did zippity doo dah, And then the Alabama song, Song, Song of the South. Yeah. Uh, so Shaun of the South, that's how. Well, there you have it. I like it. I love it. <laughs> all right. So here on the podcast, again, we're trying to figure out ways that we're all alike. 
And uh, so uh, even though geographically we're kind of close and uh, all that, uh, there's uh, we all have our differences. We all have the things that are alike, too. And so uh, if we're going to like get to know you on a, a little bit of a deeper level, uh, we got to start with the surface level. And so uh, the way that people really connect with each other now, it seems, is via the Internet and via um, the Instagram feed. And so uh, if you were if you were trying to like flex on somebody and really show off who is the filtered Sean, who is like the 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 guy that you want to portray and you really want to put out there this hmm, wow <laughs> or what are people going to see uh, when they get on your instagram like uh, who is that sean uh well we try very very hard to just be totally the way we are my wife i try to take pictures of her without makeup on uh and i i don't ever obviously comb my hair you can see on this <laughs> video uh and i try very very I try actually pretty hard to be just just who I am on on the feed, but on the feed you'll probably see a lot of dogs, <laughs> <laughs> which is true to life. My life is complete dominated by dogs. Uh, <laughs> you'll see a lot of uh, our live shows, and that's true too. I mean, we spent all you know last couple weeks on the road doing the live yeah. shows, so that's a big part of our life. Uh, and you'll see uh, what else will you see? I guess you'll see. Pictures of the food my wife makes. She's okay. She's a very very good cook. But that's all. That's all kind of true to life too. She she's always <laughs> cooking. So I don't really know. I, I I don't know. That's a really good question though. I don't know if I answered yeah. it. All right. Well, I'm going to give you my answer based on uh, what I've seen on your Instagram feed. The thing that I, I really enjoy and the reason that I've been so excited to meet you is your Instagram feed is just full of people um, that you meet at shows or at church and whether it's a kid that made you uh, a craft or somebody that you've known <laughs> a long time and has been integral in your story, it seems like you really enjoy and love people. And I, I can connect with that. I love that. So, uh, and if well, that's true to who you are, then I like you. So that, that, that is, I love, I love people, uh, especially because I grew up in kind of a tough way. So I was really isolated from people. And yeah. then when you come to this stage in your life where, like you said, uh, you realize you're not alone and yeah. they're a lot like you, mm -hmm. all of a sudden being close to people feels so much more nourishing than you've, anything you've ever felt before in your life. You realize that you, you have this community that's always been around you. So I, I love, I love people and I love getting to know people. I mean, sometimes I need my, my break too, because sometimes <laughs> I'm around a lot of people for long periods and I need to like get into the woods. But uh, anyway, yeah, I love, I love I love kids. I love people. That's awesome. Now, uh, the way I actually bumped into you first was uh, because you've just released a new book uh, called You Are My Sunshine, which is uh, fun for me. I am uh, I was born in Texas, but raised in Florida my whole life. And so uh, it's fun seeing You Are My Sunshine as a book title because that's our state song. And so that's right. Yeah. And so that's exactly right. Um, so what, what inspired you are my sunshine? Uh, what, what is you're my sunshine all about? Well, uh, a long time ago when I first got married, my wife had kind of a cancer, cancer scare, breast mm. cancer. And it was, it was pretty traumatic and she wanted to do something. You know, we go through something like that. You want to do something to reaffirm your life, I guess, you know, yeah. be alive. And so she, 
really wanted to do these two trails that start in Pittsburgh and finish in Virginia, go across the oh, wow, states. Okay. They're like 350 miles. And I promised her that I would do it with her uh, in that in the heat of the moment. And then many, many years later, she cashed in on that promise after oh, I'd man. forgotten about it. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we went during the pandemic and we started in Pittsburgh on bicycles with nothing but her bicycle. And I rode a three-wheeled trike. Uh, which looks like the flagship for old men. <laughs> and uh, we rode 350 miles all together with our stops and everything. It, it turned out to be around 400 miles that we pedaled and it took us forever. And uh, when you're done with an accomplishment like that, for someone yeah. who's not an athlete like me, there's really nothing else you can do besides write a book about it. So yeah, <laughs> there, there I did. <laughs> The uh, would you consider yourself a biker now? Did you guys get uh, leather jackets and uh, patches and the whole nine? Nope, nope. I'm totally not anything close. Uh, yeah, I'm. I've got this little trike, this uh, this trike that I ride sometimes, but I still don't think I'm a I'm a cyclist. Oh, I believe in you. I I believe that you are a cyclist. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that moniker. It's you and uh, Lance Armstrong on top there. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> That's incredible. And uh, your wife, Jamie, uh, from just from what I've seen on online, she seems like an amazing person. And you guys did good in finding each other. She is. She is a uh, she's got several degrees. Uh, and so when I met her and I had none, uh, she was really a, a force in motivating me and helping me and tutoring me uh, and getting me through something I really wanted to do. Uh, and she, you know, she changed my life in so many ways, but too many ways to count. But yeah, she is a, she's an amazing woman. That's awesome. Uh, something that I'm noticing too, you have a, a wind chime, uh, that keeps, uh, when the wind glows, but yep. to me, it's, it sounds like one of those books from, or those audio books from the nineties up there. It goes time to change the page. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Now that you say that, I'm never going to look at that place, that chime the same way again. Well, only when you're recording a podcast. That's it's just like <laughs> from here on out, whenever it chimes, we're just going to go to the next question, no matter what. Sound good? <laughs> okay. That's good. We're going to change the page. So actually speaking of, it's going off right now. And here on Maybe You're Like Me, we like to do things in a couple rounds. And so this first uh, round, I call it the first date round. And it's, uh, it's questions you would ask on a first date because... Uh, a long time ago, I had the idea to write a book uh, that was uh, my awkward guide to blank. And the blank could be anything. My awkward guide to uh, jujitsu, my awkward guide to finance. I don't know anything. <laughs> and so uh, I, I had the only one that I could ever think of an example for was my awkward guide to dating. And so the best thing to do on a first date, you're trying to find out if you and the person are similar. So you ask questions, but you just got to ask the right questions. And so uh, it's, it's, there's fun things you can ask. Like, are you a dog or cat person? Or are you a dog or cat person? Me, I'm a dog person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm allergic to both, but you know what? I like them all the same. So, um, <laughs> but then like there's, there's questions that you can ask that, uh, can lead to better conversations. And so these ah. are some, these are some first date questions. You don't have to take them too, too seriously unless you really want to. And then we can really dig deep on this first date. But okay. uh, just imagine it's uh, you and I over a cup of coffee or uh, eating a slice of pizza. So awesome. Or actually, uh, let's have our own pieces of pizza 
Uh, I don't want to share mine. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, so what I've picked up from you is uh, in your writings and all that, you're a good storyteller. And so I'm really hoping you've got uh, a good, good story on this one. But what's the worst job you've ever had? It could have been your first job or anything in the middle. Hmm. A telemarketer. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I worked just for a short time as a, I had done a lot of blue collar stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, I decided, well, it might not be bad to sit inside, you know, do, yeah. you know, dial a phone all day. Oh, boy. You, you basically face rejection on an, a universal scale. I mean, you forget how rejection in any form just really stinks. And these yeah. people get rejected at least seven million times per day. And uh, I lasted for about. 48 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Oh, man. <laughs> um, in that 48 hours, did you have any in, uh, interesting interactions or was it just all a bunch of uh, phone slamming on you? Uh, there was a lot of phone slamming. There was one lady who mistook that I was trying to pick up her dry cleaning for her or something. Okay. And I'm not real sure how that came about, but I had to explain to this elderly woman that, no, I'm not. I'm not going to town for you to pick up your dry cleaning. And actually, I don't even know you and I don't even <laughs> live in your same city. And then uh, I think she ended up just hanging up the phone on me. Oh, but. man. Uh, I kind of want to dig in a little deeper and find out if that woman ever got her dry cleaning. Or she's still <laughs> out there searching for it somewhere. I hope she got it. I You should have gone the second mile and uh, found out <laughs> where her dry cleaning was. Well, I think she lived in like Oregon or something like that. So, you know, I was in Florida. That would have... That would have cost me a lot to get her dry cleaning. <laughs> Listen, that's an adventure in itself. You might have uh, died of dysentery on the way that's, on the old Oregon Trail. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, uh, man, I, I haven't had a ton of jobs in my life. Uh, the uh, I've worked in a church for the last 15 years. And um, I before that, I was a busboy. Actually, the worst part of, uh, of that, I was a server and a busboy. The worst thing about being a busboy was on nights that the restaurant was incredibly busy. Um, the, the dumpster in the back would fill up beyond, like it would be overflowing. And so they would lay a layer of cardboard on the top of the dumpsters and then have us, like I was 14, 15 year old, <laughs> busboys jump on top of the cardboard on top and inevitably <laughs> the, uh, the cardboard would rip and then like I'd be like knee deep in blooming onion leftovers and <laughs> it was... It wasn't my favorite, but you can't win oh, them all. Man, man, that is bad. Did you, you must have worked in an Outback. Uh, for the sakes of, actually, they are our sponsor today, Outback Steakhouse. Uh, oh. <laughs> just kidding. The, um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good time. But, you know, you make the best of it. You meet a lot of interesting people in restaurants. So <laughs> That is true. I have worked as a busboy, and I have worked as, as in back of the house, in kitchen, fry cooking, and uh, and one time thought maybe I would do food service, but that is just, that is a hard job. It's grueling. So, um, especially, uh, all that, like people that are actually working with like the, the fry side of things, that's, that's tough stuff, man. Oh, it's hot. nasty. You're burnt. You get, when you get burned, you get burned. Yep. And when you get home, you are just grease. You are just one, it, just big slob of grease. It is just, yeah. For uh, I I served at Outback when I was in college, and um, they had that uh, I think it's pumpernickel bread that everybody mm. loves so much. Uh, yeah. That always got warmed up in uh, this little convection oven, and uh, the way it worked out to get it was you'd either reach in with your hand or some tongs to get it out, 
but all of the servers had a scar right about here. Oh um, man! Reaching in to grab the bread and just getting burned on the way out. That's a bad I would day. Always, I would always order that, get that bread when they give it. I'd ask for a big side of ranch dressing to go with it. Okay. You're and I would just dip. I would just dip that bread in that ranch. I could go through four or five sides of ranch before that bread was finished. Because <laughs> y'all had the, good ranch. Oh yeah. A little insider tip: If you were a broke college student, you could take that bread, uh, cut it down the middle, and then uh, fill it with cheese and put it back in the oven and make a at-home uh, outback bread uh, grilled Ooh. cheese. And Ooh. for a broke college kid, getting a free grilled cheese was a that's good That's like that's good three afternoon. days worth of meals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving along. I think the wind chime chimed. It's time, to, it's time for us to keep All moving. Right. All right. So are you a fan of the Olympics? Yeah, I am. Summer. Okay, Summer Olympics. I yeah, I like them both. It's just fun seeing the world. Uh, everybody, the best in the world, get together and compete. If there's any Olympic event that you had to be competitive in, and uh, on the world stage, it, I'll give you three years to practice. Like that, that's not the issue. But if you had to <laughs> be competitive in uh, an Olympic sport, which one do you think you could actually medal in? Like okay, seriously, like actually compete. Like maybe do okay. Yeah, yeah why not? Well. I wouldn't do okay. I know I couldn't do okay, but uh, <laughs> I believe in but, you. You could do this, <laughs> but uh, but maybe I could do like archery. You know? Yeah. Maybe I maybe, but I'm not even sure. Actually, is that an Olympic event anymore? I think it is. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think I could. When I was a kid, I used to have a, a compound bow and arrow that I bought from a, one of my dad's old friends, and he was a hunter. And uh, I used to carry that sucker all around and I had a long yeah. bow and I'd, I'd practice with it. And uh, I never hunted with a bow and I didn't, I didn't really want to hunt with a bow. I just liked shooting it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe I could do, maybe I could do something like that. I think you could be dangerous. Mine's yeah. less interesting. Uh, what's that? Uh, the sport curling where they, uh, you push the rock, <laughs> try to get it in the I, circle. I have a friend who was a competitive curler who they actually, she, oh, let me see. They were supposed to go to the Olympics and I think, I think they went to the Olympics and she didn't because she got sick. It was a long time oh, ago. Oh no! She was she was a Canadian and a competitive curler. Oh man! Uh, after yeah. this, I want I want the contact information and maybe <laughs> maybe that's the sport for me. I don't know. I'm not a very yeah. uh, athletic person, but yeah, get me into some curling. We could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it. It seems it seems kind of fun actually to me. Yeah. So that's that would be my hope that I could actually enjoy doing it, uh, whatever event it is. So I thought about like, I don't know how I do with like the uh, accuracy shooting or uh, bow and arrow. Uh, maybe those would work out, but I don't know. <laughs> I'd probably get the hiccups and shoot somebody else's target. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. One last question in this round. And, um, and even just uh, hearing about your story from uh, you are my sunshine traveling from, um, traveling all those trails and the bike, but uh, you've seen uh, parts of this country that I probably haven't. And I, I may have seen a few places that you haven't, but what is the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and open this up to the entire globe. Uh, so, Oh, the entire globe. Well, I've only, yeah, I hadn't been, I hadn't been many places. Uh, I have never left the continental U S I've okay. the closest I've ever come is going to Tijuana. And uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I would say the prettiest place just for sheer visual beauty, which I, I keep going back to and keep going back to is Arizona, but particularly the Grand Canyon. But I like I don't like the yeah. I mean, the tourist spot is fine, but I I once spent 21 days 
hiking around and camping in the Grand Canyon when I was younger. In the I didn't, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't doing anything rigorous. I just was seeing stuff, and yeah, it was really it was just profound for me the the level of spiritual um, nourishment I feel out there is yeah is deep and then so I've been back a lot of times since then uh, and even I'll probably go this year and we, we go all around not just the canyon but I just feel such a uh, I feel something there when I wake up early in the morning if we stay at Bright Angel Cabins I'll mm-hmm. go for a walk around the north rim of the canyon yeah and it is it is you see that sun come up over those canyon walls it's it's yeah it's really something so maybe maybe that oh man that sounds beautiful i haven't been to the grand canyon uh since i was uh an infant or a young baby and so i've got (laughs) pictures of me there but it's not quite the same it's it's moving it's moving and everybody i think what i dislike about it is that it's become disney world you go there and you'll see people from from all over the globe and it it has a very heavy phony tourist vibe and i think they cater to like some one million automobiles every four months or something like that so it's it's very heavily trafficked and you get that sense but if you can find a spot where where you're just you in the canyon it it, it'll it'll really i don't know it does something to you as an adult because i went when i was a kid once uh this as an adult it's so different for me yeah the i think places like that that make you feel small in a good way do something yeah. good for your heart and your head. Yeah. So. Yeah. Trey, what about yeah, you? I, I mentioned earlier that uh, I work at a church, so we, we have different trips around the world. And um, so I've got to travel to places like uh, Central and South America and Kenya. And um, I, like you just said, I like, I like being in a place where I can look out and uh, unless I'm very much trying to, I'm not, I'm the only person within miles, like uh, outside of my group, but being able to look out and just and see nature everywhere it's uh i'm i'm more of a great indoorsman for the most part but there's <laughs> yeah. there's something special about being uh on top of a mountain especially being in florida but yeah <laughs> everything's yeah, flat that here. Is so true but uh being able to look out and see uh mountains or big hills and uh just something different that makes again makes you feel a little small to yes. recognize like how big the world is and how beautiful the world is it's great so true so true yeah being from you know me being from florida too we you know the tallest hike i'd ever done was to the top of the sea oats dune you know yeah. right before you go to the to the beach now we have where we live in birmingham now we've got this mountain uh we've got several mountains and it, they're the foothills of the appalachians and jamie and i go out and hike all the time now and it's yeah it is I, my whole life I've wanted to be able to have access to something like that. And I thought, well, if I did have access to it, would I use it very often? And as yeah. of right now, I, I definitely am using it a lot. I'll see how that goes in the next 20 years, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's great being able to, like, there's certain people that, um, like if I lived, I, I grew up my whole life living five minutes from the beach, five, 10 minutes from the beach. And mm-hmm. I went to the beach maybe once a year. Um, yep. just not oh, a beach person. Yeah. But I think that if I was in in a space where I could, I like being able to look out and look for miles. And so finding those places where you can really kind of get away from it all, clear your head. I think I might take a little bit more advantage of that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, But in the same breath, uh, my wife and I, when we went on our honeymoon, we uh, we went to uh, Pigeon Forge in Tennessee and uh, (laughs) talking about being touristy. Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) 
That's hard. That's, I mean, that's a tough place because, yeah, I'm with you there. And speaking of the beach, I mean, it's funny because where I, where we just moved from uh, in Walton County, Florida, it turned into a tourist paradise, that town. Mm -hmm. It turned into a a mecca. I mean, we we had so many tourists and the whole economy that bursted up out of that was all tourism. So all the restaurants didn't matter if the, it was good food. It was just about the tourists and, you know, yeah. you don't have to serve them great food, just serve them something and get them out of there and turn do the volume. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of that, growing up that way, uh, I don't love the beach either. I, I yeah. mean, I went to the beach maybe once every three or four years, like you said. I mean, just yeah. No, no interest in, in going around and hanging out with this, the oily bodies, the albinos. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, now, now that I don't live here, I'm I live there. I, you know, I do kind of miss it actually. Yeah. Weird. I have friends that say that like, they never want to live like more than an hour away from a, a major body of water. And I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I'm good either way. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I just never been a water person. Yeah, I hear you. All right. So uh, that was the first date round. You were an excellent first date. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed your, your cup of coffee there. Oh, but yeah. uh, this next round is something I like to call it the slow round. And this this round of questions is less uh, head answers. It's less. Um, uh, do you like the beach and more uh, more like peel a couple of layers down more to the heart. And uh -huh. so uh, these are uh, and you can answer as honestly as you want to or. Uh, let's just go with honesty, though. How does that sound? <laughs> or dishonestly. Yeah. So uh, we've we already kind of talked about it a little bit, and uh, I just wonder what the answer is for you. But uh, if if responsibility wasn't an issue, so you didn't have to worry about money or uh, any of the adult things that you have to worry about it as an adult, how would you spend your time? Uh, well, I'm doing it uh, because I think when I turned, uh, I guess, 30 30 or 31 when I kind of, when I kind of started writing, uh, I, I officially retired. I, re I had been working construction and food service and all that. And yeah. this was, this was retired. I, I, so I have been retired, if you will, from labor and yeah. I do now things that I really enjoy, which is writing, which is, uh, yeah. we do our podcast and we, it's a live podcast and we do, uh, just live shows and we do, we meet people and get to go to school, take our blind dog into schools and all that. It's, you know, if you look at it from another perspective, uh, maybe that my publishers or other people in the, that industry, they would say, you know, he, he works really hard. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm working. And I, and it's not, I don't mean that like, you know, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm literally telling you I'm doing what I would do if I were retired. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm very uh, fortunate to be able to to go with that right now. Um, and who knows how long that'll last. But so right now I, I could die happy. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel constrained in any way. So yeah. it's, it's nice. When you were younger, like, did 20 year old you know that that's what you wanted to do? Or is that something that you kind of picked up uh, as you were going through it? No, 20 year old me really didn't know that he, uh, it wouldn't, I mean, I've thought I'd do a lot of things. I've dreamed about doing a lot of things. Yeah. The number one dream was to be a musician. I practiced so much and yeah. uh, my music, I uh, practiced uh, the piano is my main instrument. I practiced the piano for 
decades out of my life. I've been playing since I was nine years old and thought that I would be a pianist. I thought if I could get in front of the right whatever, I played with every single band in our area, all the way up to Atlanta and all the way down to the middle of Florida. I mean, and uh, I just figured that that's what, that's what would happen for me. I would go into being a, a sideman for, in a band for playing piano. Yeah. And then I realized that's, you know, that you have a better chance of doing that than being an astronaut. And so uh, I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'd be a local musician. I just kind of stick around and play yeah. local. And I did. And then just felt really disappointed in myself and thought, well, maybe I'll try this. So I'd try construction work. What it, nothing worked. So uh, the yeah. first winning horse I ever rode was doing what I'm doing now. It felt really good to be on the horse. And, uh, but I never had any idea that I would go this direction. Yeah. I'm sorry about my dog. Oh, it's That's fine. That's my dog. Find a squirrel up a tree or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> She's in the backyard. I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's, it's good to make uh, the introduction to her. What's her name? Her name's Marigold. She's blind, oh. so she uses her voice a lot. <laughs> She's echolocating. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, and I, I'm, I've wondered if that's not the case. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, she is the daredevil of dogs. All right. <laughs> so I this is an assumption, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, but you seem like, uh, just with the way that you present yourself, you seem like an easygoing kind of guy. And Very in much that, so, yeah. In that, though... Uh, I know you're human as well. And so I wonder, like with people like you who who do seem a little bit more laid back, easygoing, like is worry a part of your life? And if so, like what, oh, yeah. what do you actually worry about? Oh, oh, yeah. Worry is worry for me is kind of a, a remnant left over from a tragic childhood that I had. So so worry yeah. really becomes a uh, a go to emotion. Yeah. When things aren't going right, you know, I'm not going to, I'm just going to worry about it. It does. I don't even have to worry about the thing that's not going right. Yeah. I worry about something that can receive that negative energy that I feel like giving. And yeah, I worry about uh, health has always been a big one. You know, you worry about is this, is this thing serious or is this not? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Let's see. I think I've been rejected so much in my life that oftentimes I worry if somebody or some situation I'm in is, am I getting, am I being rejected? Are they, are they just really yeah. not into me? Do they not like me? Did I say something wrong? And I can yeah. really mull over something like that for a long time. Did I, did I make a fool of myself? Cause I guess the way I grew up, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be part of the crowd and I wasn't. So now at this stage, I, I still worry, you know, am I, are these, do these people like me? Am, am I likable? Did I, am I just a big old idiot, you know? And uh, well, <laughs> coming so from worry, a big I'm, old idiot, I, I understand. <laughs> so I worry about stuff like that. And then, then you name it, you know, the typical run of the mill stuff. So worry, yeah, worry, worry is definitely there, but I don't worry in the same way that other people that a top A person might worry, you know, they worry yeah. very differently. And mine is more internal. It's more yeah. inwardly aimed and it's, yeah. uh, it's, that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing, but they're both bad, but 
but aiming it <laughs> inwardly and not speaking about it and all that, that's, that's ugly. Yeah. I think like, so you were talking about relationally, like, do people actually like me or is, are they just putting up with me for, uh, for whatever sake? I absolutely feel that I'm a, a middle child and I'm extroverted <laughs> and out there. And like, sometimes I just worry, like, am I too much? You know, am I, am I like, am I being too much for anybody in a given situation? And because of my uh, position or our location or any yes. other list of things, are they just putting up with me because they have to? And so I, I understand that worry for sure. Well, an old friend who, I, who was in a bind with me, he was, he was 75 and I was 20 and we were in a mm -hmm. band together and he played bass, upright bass. Okay. And he, he used to, he was a retired psychologist and he told me once when I was kind of worrying about something that I'd said stupid or whatever, uh, did these people like me kind of thing? Yeah. He said, uh, you know, when you start to worry about that, what's really happening is your ego is kicking in to defend you hmm. because that's the ego's job. The ego's job is to, is to defend you at all costs to make you, you know, to make you come out on top. And yeah. he said, if you, if you, if you're feeling that what you're really feeling is a really, really strong ego and you don't even yeah. probably know that you feel like you have this low ego, but really that ego is speaking and saying, Hey, what about me? What about me? And it's not going to go quietly into the night. And that really kind of made me feel bad <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I realized that a lot of that is just my own ego, you know, my own yeah. ego needs to be what stroked. That's sad, you know, but so there you go. Well, it's good to know that even a person who comes across as cool as a cucumber like you, that, that, <laughs> that you, like everybody's got their things they're worrying about. And it's not something that, uh, everybody projects either. And so there's some people right. that, you know, when they're having a bad day all the time, but then there's people that, uh, you keep it under a layer or two and it's not, not the front and foremost thing. And so, uh, again, like the whole end goal pot of the podcast is that, uh, like to talk about those things that we're not talking about all the time. And so hmm. it's good to know that there's somebody out there a little bit like me that even, uh, on the best days, you still got some things gnawing away at you in the back of your head. And oh, uh, even if it's your ego, you got a stroke. It's good to know that, <laughs> that I'm oh, not definitely. alone out there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's true. I mean, and sometimes you get around people who one of my biggest problems is, and I wouldn't say this is necessarily worry and it's, classical sense it's more of a uh, of a frustration more of a, a mild anxiety mm -hmm. when you get around people especially in my field whatever mm -hmm. you call this field they're competitive they're very yeah. competitive uh, and they don't they don't say that to you they don't give you warning that hey I'm, I'm yeah. a competitive jerk they just yeah. kind of they are and everything they do is a one up one up I'm gonna one up this guy and uh a little bit of that will happen to me and I will start to feel a, I'll start to feel really low. I'll start yeah. to feel really crummy and B I'll feel a little competitive competitiveness in me kick in, which I don't like cause I'm not naturally that way. Yeah. Um, and then I will just feel anxiety about that. And I yeah. found that these, that these people who are very competitive, they're, they far outnumber the ones that aren't <laughs> and yeah. they're all around. And so, so that's a constant thing I'm having to, to, to watch and keep in check with my own self, uh, 
is when I get around someone like that to not to not fall into it and play the game and worry and feel that low anxiety that comes with somebody who uh, really needs to be the man. Just let him be the man. You're the man. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you are awesome and good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's it's not worth trying to compete. Uh, like that, the comparison, uh, competing, it, it only, it ruins everything for everybody. And so, especially on social media these days, that's become yeah. such a, you know, my life is better than yours kind of thing. It's yeah. so, so, uh, it's, it's an interesting world. So I'll see, I have a lot of friends who are authors, you know, on my feed, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who we've met through various book and book things and every post Mm-hmm. Is is me trying to convince you know them trying to convince whoever mm-hmm. that that I am awesome? Uh, look at me! I'm, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. My career is this. My career is that. And I just think, I hope I'm never. I hope I never go there. I hope I never yeah. do that. If you would like a, a confidence boost, I think that's again one of the things I enjoyed about uh, when I, I found you on Instagram and. Um, and I just, again, I enjoyed that you do seem like a real person and uh, oh, that even if you're, you're selling out arenas or, or that. No, you, not arenas. <laughs> <laughs> like but, back, okay. back rotary club rooms. <laughs> okay. So we're at the, the Moose Lodge, but if you're selling yeah, out exactly. the Moose Lodge, <laughs> whatever yes. it is, uh, no matter what, it's at the end of the day, you're not posting the crowd, you're posting a picture with a person. And so uh, that I think... And again, this is an assumption maybe, but I think for you, it's not, it's not the crowd, it's the person. And so that if you can make that connection with a person, or if you can find out the story of a person, then that's the win for you. It's not, it's not the crowd. It's the the people that are being affected by it. And, and I have my horrible childhood to credit with all this. I, I was made to feel so bad as a child. I I went through such tough times as a kid that that it has, it has really, it really screws up your focus, but yeah, it also improves it in many ways. I think bad childhoods can be quite a blessing because they, they put you in touch with a different part of our world and a different way of looking at our world. And I've met so many people who've gone through bad stuff and they don't see the world the same way that they've been told to see the world. We're told to be successful. We're told to dominate and and be, we're all told, we're all told two things. We're all told you need to want to be a rock star and be famous Mm -hmm. and you need to be rich. And those are two things that I'm not. (laughs) And those are two (laughs) things that, would destroy you anyway. I mean, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I, uh, now I'm just getting off into a left field, but <laughs> what were we talking about again? <laughs> I'm tracking along with you all the same. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll keep the conversation moving, uh, for the sake of time, but, um, I'm, I'm very much enjoying this again. I'm going to, I'm going to keep thanking you for being here. I'm so, oh, so happy you're here. Thank you, Sean. I'm too. Right. I'm too. All right. So one last question, uh, in this slow round and, um, the, uh, have you uh, listened to the musical Hamilton, uh, the thing about Alexander Hamilton? I have not. I should, but I have not. I didn't peg you as much of a, a hip hop R&B <laughs> guy, but all the same. One of the uh, the major lines in it is uh, you don't get to tell your own story. So uh, the big thought was that Alexander Hamilton did all these great things, but people only know him for um, dying in a duel. So um, 
And so if you got, if you got to write your story, which you've, you've gotten to write some of your stories, but if you got to, to say what people remember, uh, Sean for what, what is that? What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be, I want to be personally remembered for having made people feel good. That's really all I want to do. If I, if I can make somebody feel better or good, even if, if it's just a short thing that I've written or if it's a, uh, if they come to something I've done or if it's a conversation or if it's dinner or if it's, if I can make them feel good for that, those few minutes in time, uh, then I've really done something with my life. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'd like to be remembered for. I'd like people to remember Sean really, he, he, he tried to make people feel good. Yeah. The, uh, something I've been thinking about recently for myself is, uh, and it kind of goes along the same lines as that. Like I, in my head, I struggle between like, I feel like there's people that they come at you and they're always serious. And then there's people that, that it, they're just fun. And like on that scale, I lean heavy towards fun. Yeah, um, me too. Um, but at the same time, the thing that I'm trying to remember for myself is that there's space for that. There's, there's people that like that we need the serious people, but like, yeah. I, I, I want you to feel warm, uh, once we've, we've left each other, you know, I want, yeah. I want you to feel good. And so I, in yeah. the same breath, the same way that you are, uh, that's me too, that I like. And so for the longest time I've, I've thought about that as a negative, like I, I never take that step deeper with people, but at the same time there needs to be a little bit of joy in the world. And if I can help spread that, then I'm okay with that too. So that is, I'm total agreement. When I first started doing the speaking stuff, I had no, no idea what I was doing or why they were asking me to do it. And, uh, you know, naturally you get up there and you, they wanted to hear my story. So I, I tell my life story and that's a, that's a sad sob story. That's not, it's not a great story. And I realized after about the second time I had done that, uh, that nobody gets together and wants to hang out and hear about your problems. They've got yeah. enough of their own. They want yeah. to be cheered up. That is what people want. And hands down in every situation, I believe everybody on some level wants to be cheered up. Yeah. So I brought, I'm trying to bring cheer to, yeah. to anybody. And, and if you can cheer somebody up, that's man, you've, you've done something. And if you can cheer them up to the point where they're even crying a little bit, you, you've, you're, that's God level. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking to a friend the other day, uh, Halloween just passed and, um, they were asking me like, I don't know where Halloween stands on your, uh, your podium of, of holidays. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, Halloween's pretty close to the the end. Uh, it's right behind Arbor Day and uh, Bastille Day. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, like I and and there's some people that hate on Christmas, and uh, we're in the beginning of November here, and uh, people are already putting up their Christmas trees and stuff. Yeah. But for me, there's nothing like a whole season dedicated to joy and yeah. to and cheer. And uh, I'm with you it, if you're. Uh, if you lean uh, towards the Christian faith that that God brought light into the world, that yep. that's the kind of stuff that I can get behind. And I love Oh, and giving. I mean, gee, I'm going to give a gift to somebody and surprise them with it for no reason at all. What yeah. a neat concept holiday or not. 
I'm going to do something really, really kind for somebody because this is the season that that's acceptable. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to secretly donate to this, whatever. I'm going to go volunteer for this. People do that yep. at Christmas and they never yeah. do it any other time. Yeah. I don't ever do it like I should every other time of year. I wish I <laughs> I should, but uh, I'm with you. Halloween, I never really liked Halloween as a kid. I don't, I didn't love scary costumes. So, you know. Yeah, me either. I've never been a big fan of getting scared, so no, I don't know don't why. Don't love blood. Don't love blood and guts and all that. Just ugh. I, so I never. I always dressed up as good, <laughs> as puny, stupid things like uh, an angel. One year I dressed up as an angel. Uh-huh. It was a real, real joke. Let me tell you, uh, Robin Hood. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. The uh, that all that said, I'm a big fan of candy. So <laughs> you got to find the balance <laughs> in there somewhere. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> All right. So on the podcast, uh, we ask everybody this one question and I'm going to ask you and it could be uh, something as small as uh, learning to fish or uh, something big in your life you're learning. But what's something you're learning right now? Hmm. Learning. Uh, hmm. <laughs> you answer that because I, I got to think about that. What are you, what <laughs> are right, you well, learning? Uh Okay, so you're the first person to ask me back. Uh, so how dare you? <laughs> uh, something I'm learning right now is um, I, uh, in my job, I am working more with people, whereas before I would do a project by myself. And, um, and it may not always be the best, but I'm trying to learn how to work with people instead of uh, lone wolfing it. And uh-huh. uh, so I'm not... I am not there yet. I've, I've left more than a few meetings recently, either myself frustrated or the other people in the meeting frustrated with me, but, uh, I'm trying to learn how to be a better, uh, collaborator and, and, uh, teammate. So that's what I'm, that's really right good. That's really good. Well, okay. Then I, on that vein, I'm learning how to, uh, be less disciplined, which okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really disciplined and that's not a good, it's not a great thing. It sounds really good and we admire it, but uh, it probably comes from a place of underconfidence anyway. And so, Mm. uh, so I keep myself on a very, very strict routine because my Mm -hmm. days feel better if I have a discipline, a disciplined routine. If I wake up and I don't so much wake up at the same time, but mostly I do. And I start Mm -hmm. work at the same time and I finish at the same time and I do everything at the same time. Yeah. I have been trying to uh, shift that schedule and forget the schedule altogether sometimes and not do one part of my routine or not do the whole routine altogether. And it's actually very difficult, <laughs> difficult for me because uh, because I feel comfortable with a just a, a routine. And it, yeah. once that routine's removed, I feel lost and, and abandoned. So uh, so I'm yeah. learning to be less disciplined, mama. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd have to go the opposite way of that. I'm, I'm more spontaneity. I'm, uh, shoot first, look second, uh, jump first, uh, figure it out second. So, uh, yeah, yeah good on you for, uh, trying to be more like me and maybe I'll work on being a little bit more like you. Yeah. yeah okay. There you go. Wow. You don't want to be like me. I promise. <laughs> oh, you seem to be doing all right. All right. So uh, thank you for being honest with that, too. That's good. Uh, all right. So here, uh, we're in the last round here, and I call this the common ground round. And uh, in a second, uh, you got your post-it notes and uh, your mm-hmm. marker there with you. I've got mm-hmm. some three by five cards. 
And uh, gotcha. what we're going to do is this. I'm going to ask you uh, a this or that question. And okay. uh, you write down whichever one you are. And the whole goal is to see if maybe you and me are alike. And so okay. we'll okay. Uh, we'll get this figured out um, to take some pressure off of you. Uh, I have done this uh, 16 or you're the 16th uh, person I've done this with. And the only person who's got them all the same as me is my wife. And so uh, no pressure for not exactly alike, but you can yeah. be the first uh, non-familial person <laughs> to get all these <laughs> the same as me. So okay. we'll, we'll see how it ends up. Okay. All right. All right. So. Uh, say you're going camping. Would you rather camp in a tent or an RV? I've already got a feeling we're going to be different on this one. And uh, again, I'm going to go ahead. All right. You ready for it? Yes. Here we go. One, two, three. I put RV. You put. Oh, he drew a tent and it's a beautiful <laughs> tent, too. <laughs> yeah, um, I, 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 now, that's new. That's new. I okay, always okay. have been into the RV thing. Uh but now, after having done it a little bit, I really enjoy being out. Yeah. the yep. um, I'm in my mid-30s, and uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, took my son camping for the first time. Uh, took my oldest son camping for the first time. And um, sleeping on the ground, I woke up, and everything hurt. And I was like, I, I don't know if this is for <laughs> me anymore. Well, you got to have a really good air mattress. Uh, I have a little travel air mattress that is a okay. – uh, It's. I mean, it's – I'm not going to lie. It's expensive to have a good one. I And I once I finally found the really good one, it makes all the difference, not just some of the difference, all the difference. I'm going to uh, shoot you an email after this. I want the link for that guy. So. Yeah, I will. I'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe we can get sponsored by uh, Air Mattress Weekly or hey, whoever makes that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, this one might be a little bit harder to draw, but we're going to okay. see what you can do on it. See. <laughs> All right. Uh, when it comes to dogs, would you rather go Basset Hound or Golden Retriever? Mm, okay. And the only reason I know how to spell this is because it is right in front of me. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. I went golden retriever. You went. I'm guessing that's a basset hound. It doesn't look very <laughs> yeah, golden. It is. <laughs> that's a basset hound. Uh, so, wow, we're not even the same yet. No, it's it, it'll happen eventually. I believe in us. I love I love hounds. I'm a huge hound guy. I, ha I own. Well, not own. They own me. I have two. Okay. Two hounds. I had seen uh, I'd seen your dogs online. So I, I had a solid guess that that's what it was going to be. Well, um, most of my I think it's my mother and my wife. And they all say that I look like a bloodhound, like I've got saggy eyes or whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's just basically Is that a compliment hound. or what are what not are they going sure. for there? Not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I had a friend growing up that had a, a golden uh, golden retriever and it just seemed like a great dog. So, oh, that, I love goldens, too. Uh, what was that movie? Uh Airbud, Air <laughs> not Air Bud. <laughs> uh, No, it was uh, it was uh, two dogs and a cat that like oh, found their owners. Uh, incredible Journey. Yeah, is it Homeward Bound? Homeward is Bound. Right? Yeah, Homeward Bound. The Incredible Journey. Yeah, so that that probably did it for me too. I think there was a. So that's actually a really really old movie, like from the from the sixties. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I, and so I just figured that out because I love that movie too. It's great. So, oh, yeah, that was definitely Michael a childhood one. Fox doing yep. the, the voice. I love that movie. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tearjerker, too, when they oh, all yeah. show up at the end there. Yeah, what's the guy? What's the the uh, Golden Retriever's name? Patch? No. Uh, he's oh, the old man. man. 
Uh, I will, uh, let's take a quick break here. I will add this in post <laughs> and, or, uh, we'll just pull up IMDB and figure it out for sure. But yeah, the, yeah that was uh, a, a good one for sure. And, the think, all right. So again, uh, forgive me. I've done my homework on this one. I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but, okay. uh, uh, you're a Southern gentleman when it comes to cornbread, are you going sweet or savory? Hold, should I write it or? Yes. I write it. Okay. So. I have strong opinions on this one and we can fight on it if you want to, but here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, you went savory. I went oh. sweet. <laughs> oh, I have strong opinions on it too. I, to me, cornbread should not be sweet. If you put sugar in your cornbread, you're a communist and you don't love the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's my, my thing. I grew up on Jiffy cornbread and Jiffy sweet. And so it's good though. Jiffy is good. Is it sweet? I hadn't had it in years. It, it, I just remember it, it being is. really good. Yep. So uh, let's just go ahead and say it, let, we can agree on Jiffy. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, okay. We'll, we'll go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want to be labeled a communist and uh, godless either. So. <laughs> All right. Um, you said earlier your wife is a great cook. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any? Uh, are you a, a cook as well? Uh, some. Not not yeah. nearly what she is. All some, right. yeah. All right. So uh, when it comes to uh, dinner time, would you rather cook or do the dishes? Mm. Should I write this we're writing this down? Yes, sir. <sighs> write it on down. Let me know when you're ready. Here we ready? go. Three, one. two, one. I put cook. You put dishes. <laughs> <laughs> because because uh, if I'm doing the dishes, that means Jamie, my wife, cooked. And it's going to be a okay, better there meal. You go. Way better. If I'm cooking... <laughs> Probably I'll be doing the dishes too. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I'm guessing this is a, a laundry list of things. But what is your favorite thing she makes? Chicken and dumplings. Oh, good dumplings. choice. She she makes it the hand the by the hand way. She makes rolls the dumplings and oh my god. So for a <laughs> this past year, I think I ate chicken and dumplings. I think we figured it up for almost a hundred days consecutively every dinner. That's that's impressive. Yeah. That's and impressive that she would make it that often, but yeah, she did. How's, uh, how's your uh, cholesterol doing? Are you just uh, rocking a bunch <laughs> of gravy in your veins there? Or? It's actually, it's actually, it is actually very, very high. <laughs> and, well, I didn't mean to bring that up. Yeah, no, so. it was. And they, and I've had to scale back if I wanted to live, you know? <laughs> yeah, good call. The, um, yeah, I love me some, uh, some of that. Uh, as far as Southern food goes, my mom makes the best uh, chicken fried steak. And so, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I think you just had a, a spiritual moment there. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's a, yeah. It's it's all that's that's really yeah. up my wheelhouse too. Yeah, because of that though, my mom is a great cook, and she taught me to cook. And so, uh, nice. uh, yeah, I I would much rather be the one cooking. And I just I hate I very much hate doing dishes. But yeah, well, I I don't love it. I don't love it, yeah. but I like to eat better. So. Here's the deal so far. So you and I have, we are zero for four right now. <laughs> um, and that's, but here's the thing though. I think actually we would be uh, good friends and, uh, and good compatriots because uh, outside of the tent camping, uh, you and I, we could just share things. And so you could have your, uh, your hounds. I'll have my golden retriever. Uh, you can yeah. have your savory cornbread. I'll have my sweet. Um, yeah. I can do the cooking. You can do the dishes. I think hey. we're a match made in heaven right now. Yeah, I think we're working. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is one last one. And let's see if we can get one, one together, you and I. Uh, okay. We are, uh, we're getting close to Thanksgiving here. 
And uh, are you a pie guy? Do you enjoy a, a pie? I love, oh yeah, I love pies. All right. So comes to Thanksgiving dinner. Are you going pumpkin pie or pecan pie? I'm writing it down. Yeah, there you go. Oh man, this one's tough. This is actually the toughest one for me. These are my two go-tos. <laughs> so I'm having, oh, really? They are. Or do you have a different one that you enjoy more? Uh, let's mm, just go classic. Actually, what I wrote down is actually my favorite. Really? My favorite. Yeah, my favorite pie. Here we go. Three, two, one. I went pumpkin. Which way did you go? Pecan. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, my favorite. And my mother makes it to where it's immobilizingly sweet. I mean, you can oh, hardly yeah. even move when yeah. it, because it's just nothing but pure sugar. But yeah, uh, pumpkin to me is you know, the greatest pumpkin pie you've ever had is really not that much different than the worst pumpkin pie you've ever had there. <laughs> the difference is kind of negligible. It's really just a vehicle for nutmeg and allspice. Yeah. All day. So that's, <laughs> I think honestly, what I like most about the, uh, the holiday season is that you pull out random spices that you don't use the rest of the year. That's true. And so, yeah, you don't get a lot of nutmeg and allspice any other time, but uh-uh. around uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, those bad boys come out and that's, that's good right. eating right there. I do. The, I uh, do enjoy. I do enjoy pumpkin pie, but just not. not I wouldn't crawl across to see a broken glass, you know, for it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. All right. Um, so again, I I found you recently uh, via your Instagram, and so uh, for people that want to follow you and maybe get to know you better, uh, on Instagram you are at Sean of the South S E A N of the South, all spelled out, and then uh, you have your website as well. Uh, which is uh, SeanDietrich.com, correct? That's it. Yep, that's it. And uh, the thing that's fun, like I've gotten to follow along for the last uh, little bit uh, and you write most every day. And uh, that's where I found out that you enjoy your savory cornbread and, <laughs> um, and you're you're just good at writing. Like I, oh, you're a kind of guy that I'd want to hang out around a campfire with and just hear the stories you got coming out of you. Right before so. we go back into the RV. Yeah, right before we go back into the RV. Absolutely. On an actual mattress, not a... You're too kind. You're too kind to me. Uh, I I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So I'm I'm pleased that it it hits you well. Uh, Well, yeah. Uh, if, if nobody else enjoys it, you, you got me pegged. So, (laughs) and, uh, you and I can, uh, share some pies or, uh, Hey, you could do the dishes. I'll make some chicken fried steak. (laughs) Oh yeah, really? Oh, now that I, that I will, that, that we can agree on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, Sean, thank you so, so much for uh, joining us on maybe you're like me. This has been an absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you so much, man. Hey man, thank you for having me. This has been the most fun podcast I have done in a long time. Oh man, that means a lot to me. Uh, again, I hope that it's uh, a joy for people when they bump into me and uh, I hope that they, uh, if they haven't bumped into you before, they get to know you a little better uh, via the internet. So thank yeah, you for putting yeah. stuff out there for us to enjoy. So hey, man. sounds good. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us this week. Next week, uh, we are going to continue our Sean series with Sean Penn. Actually, that's not true either. So. <laughs> Thanks again, Sean. Thank you.